Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. My name is Trey Kaufman. It probably won't come as much of a surprise, hopefully, that 2021 is coming to a close. Many of you are likely traveling to see loved ones for the holidays, perhaps even while listening to this, for which I'm incredibly grateful if that's the case. I love this time of year because it offers a chance to take a breath and reflect. Thankfully, for just a short period of time, much of the world agrees to slow down, and it's my favorite time to take an audit of the year behind me, to think about what worked and what didn't, to make any necessary pivots, and most importantly, to show gratitude to those who had a positive impact on my life. Today, actually, the day I'm recording this, I went through my calendar, January to December, to make a list of who brought tremendous joy and positivity to my life in 2021. And I've got to say, it was a long list, and so much of that has to do with this podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, and if you're listening to this in the Spotify app, Spotify just added the ability to rate podcasts in its mobile app. They made it even easier to rate than Apple Podcasts does, so I would be insanely grateful if you would leave a five-star rating for the Mosaic Life Podcast. For anyone who's been listening to the Mosaic Life Podcast for almost any amount of time, you'll recognize my guest today. He's the reason it exists, and perhaps more importantly, he's the reason why I'm able to have conversations in the manner in which I do. He probably doesn't need an introduction, but because he goes by many names, I'll do it anyway. Formerly co-host of the epic His Words Not Mine Mosaic Life podcast, Ernie Welsh is a father, a husband, a student of life. He is an artist under the name Jimmy Suspect, where through music, Ernie has found a way of turning his pain into power. Most recently, though, Ernie has dedicated much of his time to helping men turn their pain into their power while connecting to their deepest purpose in life. He is relaunching his 16-week program, Core Masculine Leadership, this February. And for any man looking to tap into his own grounded potential, this is an experience you do not want to miss. I'm so thankful to welcome back to the podcast one of my best friends on the planet, Ernie Welsh. Dude, how's it going? Hey man, I'm good. It's good to be here. Good. I'm uh I'm glad to have you back, man. I was first of all, this is episode 125, which is still feels a bit surreal to me. And hmm. I mean, we we've spoken obviously between recordings, but the last time we actually did this, it was episode 100 and uh you had asked me so a bunch of questions, which was kind of weird and cool at the same time. So I just want to, again, express my appreciation for you and for for letting me turn the spotlight on myself a little bit. Yeah, I, I liked that idea. I think it's necessary um, for you being in, you creating an audience um, for them to get to know you, and especially with the subject matter of the podcast, yeah. um, having it, uh, having a more personal relationship with the host, I imagine can be pretty helpful for those people listening. Yeah, how did man. It, how did it pan out? Like, what did you find that um, people enjoyed it? Did you did you have questions? What what did that look like after it aired? 
people did enjoy it and it was it was well received i think <laughs> the, the, you know it, it this is all on me but i have the habit of turning it around uh on my guest whether it's you or mm. somebody else I, or mm -hmm. even just somebody i'm having a conversation with so a lot of or not a lot of people a couple of people said you know i thought this was you know supposed to be asked for anything when you know I, I would continue to ask you questions and i that was more of a branding uh mishap on my part because the intention was always to ask me a few questions then you know catch up with you and then ask me a few more questions so, sure. I, I mean people loved uh as far as i know maybe i'm just making that up i, I think people really enjoyed uh the format of it so it, it was fun to do maybe we'll do it in another 75 episodes yeah you know i would keep wondering i was like uh, you know i wonder if trey's ever going to get get tired of the commitment he made to me to have me on every 25 uh, time will tell. no, no it's, well shit man i you know I, I will say and i was just thinking about this i every time we talk you're doing i, I don't want to say you're doing something new but you've got some new evolution of your work and whether that's music or or your work with uh, your men's group i mean it's, it's all super exciting so it's not like it's stagnant content i mean it's it's always something that you're always pushing yourself forward which i respect and I, I try to emulate as well so it's it's always a fresh conversation and i always love having this with you nice I, likewise man i can appreciate it because um time passes you know what is it you release an episode a week so it's 25 weeks or or something uh, yeah. roughly between each each time we we do this and it's a, a nice form of reflection to think what half a year ago i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. um where yeah. it was what was going on and how that's evolved and how that's changed so it's really good for me because and to your point about you turning the conversation around um and always pointing at the other person that's one of the reasons i think our friendship um, flourished in the beginning was because I definitely needed um, people and still do need people in my life who are willing to let me talk about myself. That's how I get yeah. clear. That's how I make better decisions. Um, so um, it's, it's good that you, you, you're, you're flexing the muscle of, of being in the, in the passenger seat, but it's also what you're great at. And I think a big reason why these podcasts um, are, are naturally um, a fit for you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I, I want to get into that more, but there are two things uh, that you just mentioned, or I guess one thing that I want to get into, but first of which I did want to give you a shout out. And I, I guess I haven't mentioned this yet, uh, at least not last week, but Spotify, they do their year end thing every year, which is probably one of the biggest things they do or one of the best things they can do for their own platform. And so, you know, uh, Spotify releases a playlist of your top 100 songs throughout the year. And Ernie, or I'm sorry, Jimmy Suspect <laughs> made it onto my top 100 list. Dude. I think it was with bad news. So yeah, that's awesome. That's the yeah. favorite. So that yeah. uh, makes sense. Uh, but it's su that's super cool that yeah, uh, that I'm on that list for you and and for several other people. Um, the songs seem to be in the, the some of the not only the one but several of the songs seem to be important to people. So that's uh incredibly a strange feeling <laughs> it's humbling <laughs> it's awesome man i yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for it and it, it's uh it's it's just awesome hearing that come on every time and i, I mean i don't know it, it's just it's it's cool I, don't, I really don't know what to say i mean it's cool obviously knowing you but just hearing that different side of you is in a, in a, in a different format because you know mm -hmm. we're used to talking and, and having deep conversations but i i know your music is deeply personal to you and that's something that we've touched on in conversation of the past but you obviously express yourself extremely well and concisely in you know three and a half minutes so that's uh it's, it's just really cool 
Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, it was interesting for me to put that stuff out there, honestly, because I do present predominantly positive, loving, um, and, uh, and, and yet I am in, in periods of my life in a profound amount of pain around, you know, my self concept or, you know, what, whatever judgments I make about myself or the world and, uh, or maybe trauma from the past, uh, various reasons or all of it. And music is, is therapeutic for me. And it's always just been that a way of catharsis. But when I decided to put stuff out, I was extremely afraid to do it because I, I, I can't, no matter what I do, I can't, be I can't buffer the music for people and, yeah. and it, it is what it is you know and, and I and I have to let it be that I can't go to every person who listens to it and say well it's not like exactly that but it's like this and and make sure that they like it just enough and it doesn't yes. change their concept of me as a person uh, I just have to trust that people will or won't respect that um, and so that was uh, an, an extremely personal and, and challenging experience for me that I'm very proud of myself for having completed and, and even more grateful. Uh, I said this in a post one time that, that people gave it so much love and appreciation because by yeah. the time they were done, I was so done with doing, listening to them over <laughs> and over again. But then I give them to people and they're like, this is incredible. I'm, yeah. I'm so in love with this line. I'm so in love with this song. This, this hit me so hard. And I get to experience my songs again for the first time. Yeah. And, and that was really cool. That's amazing. Um, you know, what I, I love about about creativity, I guess, in general, and I, 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 I don't know if I'd go as far as to say as this podcast, and you can correct me here, but with music or with writing, as I've done occasionally on the past, or with reading somebody else's work, it's just, it's fascinating to me that you have one vision or maybe a couple of visions in your mind as you create it. But when you release it out into the world, there may be a million or a billion other ways people read or perceive or even mm. visualize in their own mind's eye, mm -hmm. what exactly you're trying to portray. And that's, that's an incredible feeling. So you can't tell somebody, which I think you just said in so few words, you can't tell somebody how to receive your work you're putting it out there for them to do it in their own unique manner. And it, it's obviously terrifying, but it's really cool to hear that feedback from people. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there was negative feedback, I didn't get any. So, <laughs> and I'm sure people were, were potentially put off by any of the songs. Um, all night is a, is a somewhat, uh, psychological and even borderline, um, uh, violent type feel. And, you know, I can imagine that being very, um, challenging for some people to listen to but even if if any of it was perceived in a negative manner people weren't as forthright as as i see in some youtube comments for some of the artists i follow yeah um, so everyone was really respectful um not that they need to be because i love feedback um, but everyone was really hyped or respectful and i loved that that's great you know i um this past week episode 123 i had a woman her name's ida uh she's a tiktok influencer and she's got uh, between tiktok and uh, instagram she's got over three hundred thousand people uh following her which is insane uh, but it's it's really cool and so we we got into the conversation because I, I think your mind naturally goes there you know the internet is not all uh, sunshine and, and rainbows it can be a dark place and so i i wanted to ask her or i did ask her 
you know, what do you, how do you deal with negativity? You know, what is it, you know, what is your methodology for it? I mean, do you just block people? Do you ignore them? Um, and she took the advice and she, she takes the advice of, uh, I guess a podcaster that she had heard previously or saw a content creator. I'll just say it that way. When he receives negative feedback, he will just respond with one word and not feedback, just negativity or, or somebody being a troll. He will respond with one happy word. He'll say, you know, blessings or happiness or joy or something like that. It just, you're responding to it, but at the same time, you're kind of, you know, putting that troll off for, you know, what they were trying to accomplish. And that, that was an interesting idea for me, you know, just like your music, I, you know, I, this this podcast doesn't have a huge audience and I'm not saying your music doesn't, but you know, I've got all positive feedback on Apple podcasts. Whereas I, I know one day I'll receive negative feedback and I would actually love to know what people don't like about it so I can improve. And I just, mm-hmm. I've always thought about what, or I guess how I would approach that when somebody says, Trey, you, you fucking suck or you know, whatever reason your, your voice is dumb, something like that. I just, I don't necessarily know how I would, I hope I know how I receive it. I don't know how I'll respond to it just mm. yet. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, and as you were telling me that story, I remembered, actually, I did have some harsh negative feedback on a TikTok that I posted on the Jimmy Suspect TikTok. Yeah. I, uh, the, I love creativity, man. And what I love about music is then I, when I have a song, I then have an outlet to create pictures that align with yes. that song, or I can make a video that aligns with that song, or I can do other things that, that go into that. And so I was super inspired and I made a video for bad news. Did you ever watch it? The truck video? You know, I don't think I have. I'll, I'll need you to watch it. Okay, it's and awesome. I'll, and I'll, I'll put it's it awesome. on um, it's, the show notes too. Sure, uh, it's cool and c- kind of cheesy, but it, it's good. Um, yeah. I was really proud of myself, and my wife helped me do it. We filmed it in our driveway in, in a truck that I borrowed from a friend. That's awesome, and uh, it's dope. Check it out. Um, but anyways, the way I branded it is, I was like, and you'll see, it says like at the beginning of the TikTok, it says this. I swear to God, this Chevy's haunted. I bought it from an old widow and I'm I'm pretty sure it's haunted. And then it changes into the TikTok that I created. So, and then I hashtagged like Chevy, Chevy TikToks and things like that. Yeah. So the majority of the people that were seeing it were people that were genuinely interested in, in, um, because it was an old truck. It's like a retro truck. Uh, They're, they were genuinely interested in, in trucks and in cars and for that, for the sake of it being an old car and they would click on it and then I would hype them up with this. It was just, I, it was kind of misleading of course. And then it, uh, but it was still dope. Nonetheless, yeah. anyways, this one guy said, this fucking sucks or this, no, he <laughs> says, this is fucking stupid. And, uh, and I was already so like wide open, vulnerable with putting this music yeah. out and then even yeah. more vulnerable putting this video out that I just, this three, short three minute video or whatever, one minute video, what it was that when it hit me, I was like, huh. And I thought about it and I was, and I recognized where he was right. Like, yeah, yeah. I, and I, and all I responded was, I agree. (laughs) I agree. It is, it is fucking stupid. (laughs) And that was the end of the, the exchange. But, but, uh, as you talk about like how to, how to handle it, that's the first thing that comes to mind is, well, where are they right? And where can, uh, unless of course, and he was, tro- he was borderline trolling, but I also think there was a part of him that was let down because he was yeah. genuinely interested. And then all it was, was a promotional music video. Right. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I can, I can see that. I agree. Um, but the, the, to your other point, um, not, but, and to your other point of wanting feedback, um, I think 
I think we need to we need to figure how figure out how to bring this into into mainstream communication. Um, it, it being able to give and receive um, authentic negative feedback. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, we're never going to. No, not never. It's it's definitely going to be harder for us to see what we can't see by people just telling us how things are good. You know, oh, it's good. I like this. I like this. I like this. It's when people tell us it's this that's putting me off or it's this that I'm not sure. I just don't like it that we can start to address our own, um, address ourselves and our projects in a way that we can't do without other people. And and I think, I think we're so worried about hurting people's feelings that that we just don't go there. And yeah. uh, it's definitely an important aspect of growth, uh, I, or at least so I've, so I've seen. I agree with you 100%. This actually very nicely moves us into the conversation we had on the phone the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I think I'm, I'm going to speak for myself here because I I, 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 I tend to do that where I can. I, I think I, and I'm sure many of the people have been coddled their entire lives and not, it wasn't, you know, intentionally, it was. It didn't come from a bad place, you know. Our parents wanted to protect us, and you know, we we are we are the generation who got a trophy for for coming in last place, and it and it's good to start to realize the effect that's had on our lives, and we can move past that. And yes, when it comes to the things that we create, I yeah, I want it's great to know what you like about it, but there is no way that we can improve if we only know the things that people like about it. If for this podcast in particular, if I want to reach larger audiences, I need to know how I can appeal to those larger audiences because right now something probably isn't clicking for them. And so that just because I receive a piece of critical feedback, that doesn't mean that that person's right. It doesn't mean that I'm right. It just means that it's something to think about and to consider. And maybe I might tweak the ne- next episode just a bit or my next convert the, the, the conversation topics I pick out just a bit to see if I can appeal to an audience that may be uh, bigger or may, you know, be more willing to, to share the content or maybe that they, they, it, it uh, resonates with them just a little bit more. So it just because we receive negative feedback doesn't mean that the other person is right. It just, it's something for us to consider and it, there doesn't have to be hurt feelings over it. Yeah. Well, and there might be hurt feelings over it too. And I think that's, um, I, I, first of all, beautifully articulated. I think that's great. It, it, just because someone's giving you negative feedback doesn't mean it's accurate, but it gives us something else to chew on other than the same old stuff. And then we can right. s- spit out whatever isn't accurate and keep what's, what's, uh, and, and I guess to maintain the metaphor, swallow what's, what's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and it honestly, real feedback, if you, if people want it, um, in my experience can, can hurt and, and might, and more, um, m- more times than not actually strike a nerve. Uh, right. but, it, but that's that, then it becomes our job there because I personally believe if it strikes a nerve that there's something there to look at, you know, yes. if there's a, if, if there's pain, then, then there's probably like your body, if you get cut, the, the, the reason you have pain is so that you know that there's something wrong with your body somewhere. Right. And so I look at it the same way emotionally. If, if, if somebody tells me something, 
especially if it's somebody that I have trouble with, you know, like it's, it's much nicer to receive sharp feedback from somebody you love and trust, but there are people out there that don't really give a shit about you. Right. And they might say something that strikes you and you can retaliate, you can try to hurt their feelings, or you, you can step back and say, okay, whew, that was tough. Um, I don't like the way they brought that to me. I don't think they should have even said it in the first place. We don't have that type of relationship, but they did. Yeah. And, uh, and it, something about this is, is hurting me. Where is it hurting? And, and sort through that in order to be more, uh, cause in, at the end of the day, all I want personally is to be clear. Like I want clarity. I don't want a bunch of muddiness in my life. And so when pain comes up in regards to somebody's feedback, um, it, I've got to, I've either got to shove that pain away and act like it wasn't there. And of course that's going to come up later as, until I decide to finally look at that open wound or I just sit with it and, and feel the pain of it and say, okay, where is this relevant? And then yeah. toss the rest back to them and not, not literally like don't go and give them the business <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> but, but like toss the rest in the, in the dumpster, man. And then take that piece. Oh, I am kind of uh, I am kind of a, a a dickhead at times or, or whatever, you know, like this, is this is where they're accurate. And that's been the hardest thing to do yeah. um, in my life for the past few years. You know, as, as you mentioned that, I, I think about how I've, I've dealt with bad feelings in the past or when somebody pisses me off and, and I've, I've thought about how I've dealt with it successfully or not so successfully. And the beauty of the internet is that, even though it feels like we need to respond right away, nobody knows when or if we're going to respond. And I can tell you with the utmost certainty, it absolutely sucks just sitting back and, and taking it in. But the longer you wait and the more you think about it, the the more your emotions start to quell and you can start to think more level in a more level-headed mm -hmm. sense. And mm -hmm. They, 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 I mean, they, these, the, the old maxim time heals all wounds or whatever that is, or, you know, if you read a pissed off email to a coworker, don't send it till the next day and you can start to realize, you know, the, the, uh, um, the, uh, the red, uh, the red that you were seeing at the time and you can tone it down just a little bit. And so, yeah, just letting yourself just kind of think about it and start to mitigate some of those negative emotions and get a feel for how you really want to respond instead of having a knee jerk reaction to it, it can help out tremendously. Yeah. And, and biologically it's actually, um, you nailed it, 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 in the way that you're talking about it. So what I've been reading this book, the body keeps the score, um, incredible book by the way, about, um, trauma in our body, but what it talks about in, in the piece that I'm currently working through is there's this part of your brain called the thalamus and the thalamus takes in all of the external stimuli and then it sends it to the computing parts of your brain, um, your frontal lobe and your amygdala. The amygdala is the more animal response uh, nature. So if, if there's danger, it's like the smoke alarm of your mind, right. as far as the book says, if there's danger, the amygdala is like beaming. It's like, get, get out of here or fight or, or do something to change the situation. The fight, 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 flight, freeze. Um, but the, the frontal lobe is where you do your rational thinking and, um, the signal from the thalamus to the amygdala is much quicker than the signal from the thalamus to the frontal lobe. So you're actually getting that um, internal jolt of being unsafe and being in yeah. danger quicker than your body, or than your brain can say, this is rationally what's happening for you. Um, and, and if it's, if you're shocked too much by the input, um, it can, it can muddy and even like close out the ability to rationally think. So you, you definitely, and any, any time we're charged by something, um, quite frankly, not rule number one is don't, 
don't respond if you don't yeah. have to, right? It's yeah. different if you're unsafe in, to some degree, but like if it's an email, maybe you don't have to respond right away, although you feel like it. Right. And the general rule, rule I've been following in my life is if I feel in a, if I feel in a hurry to get this done and out, then I need to slow down. Yes. Um, there's something I'm not looking at if I'm rushing to get this out there. There's something I'm not seeing very clearly and, and taking a day, taking a few hours, going for a walk, um, taking a few breaths can most certainly re reignite that uh, connection to the frontal lobe and, and, and allow for some more rational thinking. Because at the end of the day, man, I, don't, I would prefer to be a person who's rational yes. and uh, expresses himself um, coherently. Um, and when I'm, when I'm shocked in, in frustration or fear or danger mode, it, that's not who I tend to be. Yeah, that's such a good point. I, um, I used to feel that way a lot, uh, with whether I was writing a, a blog post or, or something, I feel like I need to finish this right now so I can share it with the world. Cause it's going to be the best thing ever. Mm. I, I, I guess I've gotten out of that mindset because I've got a weekly deadline and I, I just, I, I know this is going out Tuesday morning at 5.00 AM and they, that, that kind of that, that feeling of needing to rush has kind of subsided, which I'm glad for, because I, I did not like that feeling at all. But when it comes to, you know, creating music or, you know, creating something that doesn't necessarily have a deadline unless it's self-imposed or, you know, maybe imposed by a contract. I, mm. it, it's, it can be, it can really be daunting because there's a part of you that wants it to be as good as possible, as close to perfect as possible. And then there's a part of you that just wants to get it out right now and get it in front of, or get it into people's ears or eyes or, mm. you know, whatever form it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if it's that important, if it's that important that you feel the need to rush it, and I'm talking to myself here, um, then it's important enough to honor it and spend time with it um, before you before you present it. <laughs> it's yes. something I'm literally in the in the thick of um, two days. I had a, two days ago, I had an uh, emotional conversation with my wife about the um, the shooting in uh, Michigan at the yeah. Oxford High School, and yeah. uh, and it just wrecked me. The conversation we had, and and about an hour later, this this line came to mind, and uh, and I could not get it out of my head. And the, over the course of two days, through I'm just like crying, trying to write this fucking song, dude. Yeah, um, trying to get it, trying to get it out of my head because I literally couldn't sleep. Um, because it kept just pestering me and then I finished it and then my mind immediately went to, all right, I gotta put it out, gotta put it out, gotta put it out, gotta put it out. It's done. Go, 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 go. And yeah. I'm just like, bro, take a second here. Take a second. The world's not going anywhere. You know, it's like, uh, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. Give this, if this is as good as you think it is then give it the respect it deserves. Yes. And when it's ready, you'll know. And that's, I thought this morning as I was getting my coffee, I thought when it's ready, I'll know. And that was good enough for me. I don't have to rush to get it done. I don't have to rush other people to help me. Like nobody likes, likes coming, somebody coming to them saying, I gotta get this done next week. Can you help me? Can you help me? <laughs> Fuck no, I don't want to help you. You sound terrible. You <laughs> manic fucker. Like chill out. Yeah. At least I'm talking to myself here. It's like, so yeah, if it's, if it is like if, if, if we, and we do get that sense and there's nothing wrong with that, it can, it can be egoic, right? It can become from the ego, like, oh, this is so great. But if we get this sense that there's power in something we're doing, then 
then we got to honor that and take our time with it. Absolutely, man. And I, I think to a certain extent, that's why I've stopped. Well, there's a lot of reasons why I stopped essentially posting on social media, but I used to be the person where I'll get an idea and then I'll say, you know, on Facebook, I'm doing this and I'm so proud of it. And I haven't even started it yet, but now I've mm. set that expectation that I'm going to create this thing and nobody cares. They're going to forget about mm. it two seconds later. But mm. I, in my mind or my ego, I think people are waiting on pins and needles for whatever it is I'm about to create. <laughs> yeah. So I need yeah. to get this shit out right now. So that's yeah. why I just don't talk about it anymore. If yeah. I have a big idea, I'm not going to talk about it at least until I have something to show somebody I care about and get some feedback on. So yeah. there's, there's no sense in putting something out there that you have an idea about and, and and never acting on it because that is the worst feeling in the world. And I've been there so many times. Yeah. You know, there, one of the things I came across early in my journey to, to digest all the personal development material in the world, <laughs> um, which I've since, uh, I'm a recovering personal development addict. Um, but one of the ideas I came across early was if you, if you, if you're going, if you want to do something big or if you're going to make a commitment, you got to tell everyone, tell everyone, and that'll hold you accountable. And I'm like, now looking back at it, like, no, no, I'm not going to put that type of shit on myself. If, if, yeah. if I, if I don't have it within me to honor what I want to work on and do it, then it's not time to work on it. it, it putting it out there to, like you said, to feel like you're on pins and needles. Now I've got to do it. Yeah. No, let it gestate. Cause a lot of times, and this is another thing I guess I've heard in the past too, which made me shift back to not talking about things so much. A lot of times we'll talk about doing something and because our minds imagining doing that thing, we've, we already feel the experience of having accomplished it yes. and the energy behind the project or the commitment is, is dead because we've already experienced it in our mind. It's lost. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way of putting that. Yeah, absolutely. So I can definitely relate, man. I, um, I, as we're talking about this, I'm remembering, um, well, just under a year ago now, probably like beginning of January, 2021, I made the declaration that I was going to run a thousand miles this year. And I, I'm not even coming close. And I mean, nobody remembers that until they hear this, but it's, it's not like I'm going to, you know, feel bad about not accomplishing that goal, but it's just, you know, at case in point, I had a goal for myself and I did want some accountability. That's why I did put it out there, but it's just, it's, it's, I'm not going to reach it. And I, and I feel okay about that. Um, I, I was, I, I knew there was always a chance of that. And I, I feel okay that I'm not going to get there, but my priorities shifted. They did. I'm focusing more on strength training now. So I'm doing less running. And so I, I don't know, just things change in the matter of, you know, as we were talking about in the beginning, six months to a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I did want to bring that up again because I, I did want to reflect a little bit, uh, you know, looking back at June, uh, I know you were, I think you were at, at some point, at that point, kind of shifting from music to your men's work. Just, I don't know, where where were you six months ago? And I, what, ha, I, for, for the sake of the audience, you know, what, what have you done in the past six months that uh, have, have shifted your focus? Mm. Yeah, well, I, um, as I was nearing... I, I like to have a pen out in the distance um, and so, to some degree um, it gives more purpose and uh, certainty to my life. Yes. And as I was nearing that pen with the music, um, I was exhausted by um, what it took 
to do it and 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 the emotions around um, yeah. doing something unknown from just going to a professional audio engineer studio and not knowing what the hell I was doing and feeling out of place and scared and nervous and not knowing how to give my input, but knowing I wanted something different and like the st- emotional struggle there socially <laughs> and professionally um, to share the music um, and then the constant back and forth of, am I good enough? Is this good enough? Um, just all of the things that, that, within there um, I was done I was drained like I put the last song out I put, and I put a post out saying I'm going to drop the next song tomorrow and didn't even put a post out past that saying the song's out I just stopped I'm like yes yeah. I'm done and like that was all I needed to do for people they knew it's out there and I'm good yeah. and I could walk away from it for a little while um, and but I needed another pin out in the distance and and the next thing that I had planned was the the men's group that I've been holding um so I just shifted, shifted focus. And the way that looks for me is, um, I place that pin out in the distance. This is what I want to happen. And then I just sit still kind of, and not necessarily absolutely sitting still in a room, although it's, some of it is that, but it's, it's, um, the pin is out there and I take the pressure off and I let the next, uh, step come to me. Yeah. And, and so that's what I did with the group. Um, and, and from that, you know, um, I got the idea to do open calls where, um, I invite, I invite, um, men to come to the call and experience what we're doing in the group without a commitment more than committing to be there fully for an hour. Um, and so then I did that and I invited, and then, and then, although I, I felt pressured to invite a bunch of people, I didn't until the moment I, I was like, I'm going to invite a bunch of people. And then I started inviting a bunch of people and then 10 or 15 people showed up to these open calls and, uh, and one, two, three, uh, six, six came, th- um, came into the program and, uh, the, this, this, the program I've been creating for two years now has evolved. Um, and, and this last semester, the last three or four months, November, uh, it ended in November was, um, by far the most incredible, um, iteration of the program that I've done. The, I, I set the stage well, As a leader, I set the expectations well. As a leader, I left room for movement, you know, for what's needed from the people in the group. And then I also clamped down that room when it was time to 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 get real, you know, in in moments and and allow for some of the deeper work to be done. And so I was super impressed with my ability as a leader to hold the group and to um, maneuver with what was needed. Um, And the semester, as they as they do in by design um, ends in a retreat and we had, we had a house, um, you know, maybe I'll send, we were talking before how the headshot I sent you um, isn't the right size. I could send you another picture of, of me and some of the guys on the retreat. It's yeah, just 
fucking beautiful. I was afraid Absolutely. to use that as a headshot because it's like, oh, they won't know who Ernie is, but it's like, who cares <laughs> if they can't point out what voice matches which face well, or whatever. You can but, do this. Send me the headshot and then I will actually use that on the homepage and then the episode art. But on the actual episode page, I will use your group photo if that's cool with you. Cool. Yeah. Right. Um, but but anyways, the, uh, the retreat was just this culmination of all the work that we'd done on Zoom bi-weekly and if anybody's ever done a zoom call uh for for coaching or group work and then also if you've ever done a retreat to compare it to there's just something different about being in person face to face with people for an extended period of time uh it it allows for your for your nervous system to settle in it allows for more trust and more connection and that's exactly what it was man we uh we blew the the roof off that place, man, with just the amount of work that we did. There was laughter. Um, there was power. There was strength. There were tears. Um, the men in the group that I was leading even called me to do some of the work that I was giving them to do. And they held the space for me to do the work. And it was fucking rough, but it was real. Yeah. Um, and I, dude, I fell, I just fell in love with the program that I created and I got this new sense, this new revitalized energy around what's being done there. And in the same respect of honoring what you're working on, um, it took me to another level of honoring this group I've created. And, um, it, and in this very moment in December, I'm, I'm preparing to launch the rebirth, so to speak of the program, um, the, under the name core masculine leadership. And, um, I mean, it, that's exactly what it is. It's a program where we come together as men to, um, it, my, my buddy, Adam, shout out to Adam, who was in the group, uh, an incredible force of, of nature, um, of power. He said this the other day on one of, um, he and I talking a call that we were on. He said, culture is one thing. But what's in a man, what's in a man's heart is totally different, yeah. and um, that's what that's what we're doing, man. We are we're, we are taking this uh, ripping off this like wallpaper, this ugly old wallpaper that's on this old house um, of culture, and, and and seeing what's beneath it in every single man, and offering a space for them to um, connect to that um, that core. Yeah. And, uh, and then learn how to express it um, in a healthy, assertive way. Um, so that's, that's what I'm focused on right now is, is creating that next iteration of that program um, to, that begins in February, actually. Open calls Dude, in January. That's incredible, man. I, I, um, I mean this with all the sincerity in the world. It's just, this is, this is you. This is your, this is your calling. I, I mean, just without having had it, context five years ago or so when we met i mean i, I could have told you you would have done something like this just you you have that presence about yourself i mean for people just hearing your voice I, I think they can get it but just sitting down with you it's just you know even if you're in a room with 50 other people when you're looking at someone in the eyes or when they're looking at you in the eyes there's nobody else in the room it, it, you're you are there are they are your sole attention and that is that, that's so powerful and so important i remember i remember a couple of years ago when you went on, from what I understand, your first uh, men's retreats, I think out in California, and just the, the the amazing words you had to say about it and the transformation that came from it. It's just, it was knowing you, it was night and day, and it it 
has been so good seeing your personal evolution through the years. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Seriously. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, that was a incredibly transformational year, man. Uh, uh, shout out to John Wineland. I can't wait to um, see him again and, and tell him face to face, like how much of an impact his program has had on me. Um, my relationship to masculinity, uh, my relationship to my children, my wife, my relationship to um, my emotions, my yeah. my relationship to structure and hard work, um, my relationship to goal setting. I mean, in, in any any way that I my my relationship to rejuvenation and relaxation, everything, everything. I'm still two years later trying to unravel and process everything I learned in the nine months of John Wineland's embodied men's leadership training. It's just, yeah. it was way too much for my mind at 28 to, to comprehend and take in. And, yeah. and it's to this day, I've made so much money because the past five years I've spent so much money on personal development yeah. and I've made so much money and saved so much money um, by investing in that program because I know in this moment of my life, it would be a waste of time to join another coaching program or, yeah. or personal development program, because I'm still unpacking so much from that and talk about value, man. If two years later, I'm still reaping the benefits of, of that powerful program. So I, I, um, I'm extremely, extremely thankful and indebted to the amount of time and energy that John Wineland has put into his own development to create a program so meticulously held. That's another reason I haven't gotten into another program is because I've never in my life experienced a, a person lead a, an organization and a program so meticulously. Yeah. Anytime I even consider joining a program, it just puts me off because it's, it's just, and I, and, and I still need to work through this because at some point I definitely want to join my next evolution of a program or maybe not, who knows? Like I said, I'm a recovering personal development addict. <laughs> um, but it's, it's hard to step into a different container when, when you come from one that's so, so well put together and held so well. And, yeah. uh, and to that, I'm again, extremely grateful and indebted, um, eternally man for, for for the type of work john's doing that's fantastic and i, I do want to ask the question because I, I don't think we've really gotten deep on it before but you said you're getting a better understanding of what masculinity means to you so naturally i want to ask what it what it means to you because i, I want to break it down a little bit it's just so we can get a one so we can get a better understanding of your program but i just i want to i want to i want to know i mean it, we like i said we had a conversation a week or so ago and i think it means something different for me than it does for you and i i, I highly respect what you're doing so i i want to know what masculinity means to you yeah yeah and i i noticed myself getting nervous because at the end of the day i am not um i only know what's what i know Yes. <laughs> I only know what yeah. I know, you know, I only know what I've experienced and I only know how my mind has shifted in the past 30 years around masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, so I just ask for anybody listening to have grace because um, anyone's experience could be different than mine and, and be completely opposite of what I think. And I respect that. But for me, um, there's this term a lot of people use, uh, toxic masculinity. Um, it's like a bullet 
that um, your modern day feminist might use um, to like target men. And it's uh, it's challenging me for me to interact with that term because it creates so much disgust for men. And uh, I don't see it as toxic masculinity if there's a, a man treating his power um, or people in his life uh, poorly. Um, I'm beginning to see more and more that that man is wounded and hurt. Um, and hasn't been supported in a way that allows him to care for what he's experiencing, uh, to have compassion for himself um, because of the traditional um, suck it up and deal with it. Uh, you're you're a man, like you don't cry, uh, you don't have you fucking you keep going, push, work harder, push harder like this traditional thing. And, 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 yeah. and so men are wounded and, uh, and they don't, and they don't get the proper care, um, whether that be from the man before them. Um, mothers do a great job in a lot of aspects. And, and we hear a lot about fathers not doing a great job, but at the end of the day, a father has to teach a man how to be a man. If there's such a thing, I guess people want to debate that nowadays. Um, I do believe there's such a thing. And, and I think, a I think at the core of masculinity, um, we do have that strong and assertive person. We do have that strong and assertive man who knows what he wants, knows what he's what he's here to do, and he's also healing. He's also learning compassion. He's also learning patience. He's also learning faith, um, trust, and I think if 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 men um, have the opportunity to fuse those those parts of themselves, then they they don't spill out in, in ways that hurt other people. Uh, so that's that's where that's where I'm at with it currently. Yeah, man, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. I could I could really I could really feel or sense the the vulnerability in your in your voice. Um, because I think it can be tough to have that conversation uh, today. What do you um, mean? Not, not. I mean, I think. I think I get what you're saying, but I, I'm curious to hear more. I think it can be tough to have that conversation when you are, when you have, when your when your voice is projected. Uh, I mean, one on one, if we're sitting in a room, I think we could be very open and honest with each other. But when we're, when we're on a podcast or on the news or any have any sort of audience, it can be tough for me to speak freely for fear of being perhaps judged, but probably more than anything else, the fear of being canceled, which mm. is again, <laughs> the world we live in. And I, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I, I guess I don't have the aptitude or the, uh, the, I don't have the posture in life to be canceled, but I definitely don't. Um, I definitely want to, um, I definitely want people to hear it, you know, yes. and because if you do, if you talk about this, with the wrong tone and the wrong language, a lot of people might shut down to it. I and know. I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. I agree. And and, uh, and so we we have to bring it up, and then we have to do it in a way that it doesn't shut everyone down. Ah, uh, just one of those uh, patri <laughs> patriarchy, bro. <laughs> and I get you know, I get the relevance in that because there's been so many men in power across time that have done such 
poor have have been such poor yeah. leaders at their core and maybe power hungry even and so but in reality to me a dude walking around lancaster ohio columbus ohio i see more men that are underserved than are than are standing in power and and poorly using their leadership and those underserved men then yeah. have poor leadership in their family and poor um, dominion over their own uh, internal landscape which leads to these more of these conversations uh, that sometimes feel like an attack on masculinity or men i yeah i agree and i, I it's these conversations where it's one on one even if there is an audience that I really, really enjoy because it allows you to go back and forth. It allows you to have intonation. You know, we are sharing, you know, metaphorically a microphone. We, we both have the same voice here. And uh, that is where I think, I think the dialogue and our nation and our world needs to shift to that sort of paradigm because it allows us to actually understand each other just a bit better instead of yelling at each other or instead of yelling from mm. a rooftop down mm -hmm. at all of the people and that's that's where the that's where the bad branding comes in because once you hit a, a, a nerve in the, the public um, yeah the public discourse that's when yeah. that's when things start to shift that's why masculinity has become a bad word that's why Democrat or Republican are a bad word liberal or conservative I've said it a thousand times I'm liberal but I don't agree with everybody on my side and I don't hate everybody on the other side I have plenty of friends who di hold differing views and when we're actually able to sit down and talk about them, while we may not agree, at least we can understand where we're coming from. And that is yeah. so important, especially in regard to what you're talking about, to have an understanding of what masculinity means in 2021, because it means something different. Like you said, in so few words, you know, our, our parents grew up, you know, suck it up or their parents, you know, get the job done, go home and don't cry, don't complain, don't do anything that is going to make you or your family look bad. Now we have we have more voices now. We're able to express ourselves. And I, you know, I, I've told you this before. I, I feel like I've got a masculine side and I feel like I have a feminine side and I've got absolutely no Likewise. problem with that. Likewise. Anybody, people can call me whatever they want. Like that's, that's the issue I have with, you know, the, with how people identify. You can, I want you to live your life. I want you to be comfortable. And if any, if somebody wants to call me a woman or an, anything else, that does not, that doesn't tear me down. I think that tears the person or that speaks negatively of the person who said it. So I want people to f live the lives they feel they're deserving of, but I also want to be less sensitive myself, our culture to the opinions, the ill-informed opinions of other people. And that's, I don't know, that's, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. I mean, sensitivity, honestly, um, that's yeah there's a lot man there's a lot in there first of all i'll say that we're not actually sharing a microphone for any of those listening i could imagine people <laughs> I thinking said metaphorically. We're like nose to nose with okay yeah <laughs> just making sure that's clear yeah. like yeah. i like we're, our noses are touching and, and we're like trying to use the same <laughs> microphone <laughs> uh, you know and another to another point i'll try to work my way through this without forgetting everything you said because there's so many potent things in there I honestly think the majority of people can um, can and do relate to both sides. I think most people can, but it's the it's the way that media or yeah. or even um, social media is so click clickbaity that it, it has certain trigger words that seem to get clicks no matter what side you're on, and that we we often see that as like. Uh, a definition of the way our culture is, but 
respectfully, I think most people are able to empathize and see both sides of an argument um, and that we're being misled to some degree that there's this overt fight happening on the ground level of humans in our country and in our world. Yeah. Although there are disagreements, I, I honestly trust and believe that many people are compassionate and em empathetic at their core um, and that we're being used to some degree by those people who need more clicks to get more money because that's the foundation of their, right. their business. Um, so that's a whole different story and down a whole different arc line. Um, and I, there was a, there was another point you made there to, to round out your, your, um, statement. I don't remember what it was. Could you remind me where you, where you ended? Oh, I'm trying to remember as well. I, you know, one thing I do want to say on sure. the point you just made, <laughs> have you ever seen men in black? Uh, either the first one, whichever, I think Tommy Lee Jones is in two of them, regardless, whatever one he's, or in one of the movies that he's in, he says something along the lines of people are, or I'm sorry, humans are smart. People are stupid. And <laughs> I know that's very crass, but if we get stuck in these tribalistic mindsets, this groupthink mindset where we want to feel like we're connected to other people. So if somebody has an opinion that we don't necessarily share, but we agree with the other things that they're saying, then we're going to mm -hmm. hop onto the, that train just because it feels good. And we don't want to feel like we're being, uh, we're, we're the black sheep of the group. And so I, I think, you know, one of the things that I try to talk about often is that we really need to work out our critical thinking muscle because it is a muscle. And if we're not able to think critically and for ourselves, then we're going to continue to fall into these traps. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember. I, I don't, no, I don't no, remember no, no. exactly what I said. No, yeah, I remember what you said in regards to the rounding out your um, statement. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot here in this whole conversation, but I definitely recognize um, for me, uh, my purpose lately has been to drive this connection um, of uh, strong men to to um to create that community <clears throat> and it's yeah. it's somewhat it's somewhat you know um self-serving um i desire to be surrounded by yes, um, power powerful and what i mean by that is um managers of their energy yeah. powerful like autonomous men um who are deep into their heart into their core um Oh, and sen sensitive to truth. That was the other piece. Uh, you mentioned a lot of things, man, and, and they all sparked me. Um, whether it be the feminine side, masculine side, you know, comment you made. I agree. I have a feminine side, and it's it's the part of me that I rejected most of. And 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 it wasn't until I joined John's program and got in, tapped into that side of me and was um, and found compassion for it. Um, yeah. Uh, that I realized it made me a stronger man. Like the, it's the, it's these two parts of that, that yin and yang that, that make the whole. Um, and then you, you were talking about um, trying not to be sensitive to um, the public discourse or what people might be saying. And, and that's just, that just leads me to another direction that I I've been focusing on in the, in the program is sensitivity to truth. Um, I definitely, um, can understand the sentiment to be less sensitive. Um, but I would almost turn that around and say that as men, we need to learn to be more sensitive yeah. because I, I believe it's, it's our typical go-to, to feel less, to, to, to want to be free of, 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 uh, 
free of everything. In fact, John, he would talk about the idea of masculine is our, our mas- core masculine desire is to be free, uh, yeah. free from it all. Um, and, uh, and so I would, I would think that, um, as, as grounded men, um, as positive, impactful leaders that we would need to become more sensitive, um, in order to gauge, um, within ourselves first and foremost, what is, what is true, what's happening for us, um, and, and learning how to address that in whatever, um, manner necessary, whether that be just simply talking through it, whether it means going out and exerting energy in a forceful way through weightlifting or, or boxing or whatever, or slamming a, a big ass hammer. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shameless little plug there. Yes. Um, whatever, being sensitive to the truth of what's, what's in a man's heart at any moment, being open to that. And then also sensitive to the truth around, around them. Because I think when men will feel, feel their bests when they are in some type of leadership role. And that doesn't mean to a large extent that could simply mean the leadership of himself. It could mean the leadership of his family, could mean the leadership of his relationship or a multi-million dollar business. But I think that's when men feel most at home. And we have a lot of men who are just drowning in, in shame and pity because they, they don't understand what to do next in their life. And, um, but we, if you tell one of those men like, Hey, I need you to do this, this, and this, and you give them a purpose, um, I believe that it lights up their system and that they feel most at home. But in order for us to do that properly, we have to be sensitive to the truth of those we're leading. And again, first, first and foremost, that's ourselves. And, but after that, we have to be sensitive to what's going on with our, with our kids. We have to be sensitive to what's going on with our wife. Um, and, and what's going on with our community that we're leading or the, the organization um, in order to, um, as David Data, one of the teachers that John often referenced, um, he has these stages of masculinity. And the third stage man is a man who can sense what the world needs. Like it, it, he can sense what the world needs and, and sense what he needs and, and lead yeah. in that way that, that is nurturing and, and nourishing everybody in the system. Um, so I guess that's the, uh, the tangent to the sensitivity note there is, is being less sensitive and, and, um, is important. I think in terms of mental health, like there are times where I've got to not feel that thing that's happening over there. If I let myself feel it, it's going to be way too much for me. Maybe it's not relevant to my life, but it does strike a nerve. I've got to be less sensitive to that maybe in this moment so that I can focus on being with my family or I can focus on doing my work. Um, and at the end game though, I think, um, men are strongest when they're, um, sensitive to, to life, but not stuck on those attributes that, are uh, somewhat striking or um, highly energetic. Yeah, that that was so well said. And, you know, you made a point, and I'm going to be careful because I know we can talk for hours on end, uh, but you, you made a point that you felt, you feel, maybe you don't feel this way, but you had said it this way, that you feel like you're being self-serving by leading your group. And I think that's so important because just because that you're a leader, and I, I hope you agree with this and please correct, please disagree if you don't, just because you're a leader doesn't mean you still need things in your life. You don't need to feel fulfilled. I host this podcast, not because it's making me a million dollars a year, but because these guests, yourself very much included, are teaching me so much about life and happiness. And that that's why I continue to do it week after week, even though it takes up close to 10 hours of my time every single week. And that time mm. is valuable. So it, mm. it brings so much value to my life, just as I'm sure leading that group 
brings a value to your life. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love that, man. And, and that you just make that point right now <clears throat> in this in this moment to say that you spend 10 plus hours a week on this thing that's not making you a bunch any of money, money. <laughs> any money, any yeah. money. And, and how powerful is that? Is that leadership? Because I know we've had conversations about your business and how well it's doing and 10 hours to you that that could potentially be a lot of money in other yeah. endeavors. Uh, and the fact that you're using this, um, not only to develop yourself, but then you're also offering it as a gift for other people to develop themselves. That's just another level of that leadership. Um, yeah, I commend you, man. Thanks, man. And I, I, I of course commend you because whether or not you 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 set out to do this all those years ago, I don't know, four or five years ago, whenever we met. I mean, I I've been following in your lead. I I your conversations continue to lift me up, and they absolutely mean the world to me. And I, I talk to you. I think you said, I think we were recording. I don't remember, but you said, you don't know if I want to continue to do this every 25 episodes. You better your fucking ass I do, man, because <laughs> it's not the same dry conversation every time. It's something new and it continues to challenge us. And because we don't get together enough, which we need to change, this brings so much value to my world. And it makes me think so critically. And like I said, that is a muscle that I need to continue working out. Thank you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, man. We're almost on an hour. Um, yeah. You know, I have a few closing questions and uh, maybe they've changed since last time, maybe not. But the first of which is what do you need right now? If there's somebody out in Arkansas listening to this and they say, I want to help Ernie, what is it oh, that nice. person in Arkansas can do for you? Um, hmm. Okay. So one thing I'm looking for currently is a videographer. I have a conversation with one tomorrow, but I don't have anybody solid. I want somebody to come to the retreat and, uh, and uh, document it. It has to be a man. I don't. Um, um, I don't want to um, distract <laughs> the men uh, by having women there um, that weekend. So it has to be a man. And 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 I and I have a very low budget right now. Um, I'm making this program as affordable as possible. And uh, and so my budget is is minimal. So somebody who's willing to, um, if any, if, if somebody who feels what I'm talking about, man, and who wants to help me spread that message. Um, and offer this to more men. I'd say that's uh, that's one thing there. The other thing, um, if this is relevant, to share it. Um, I would love to meet more men who who um, desire a, a deeper spiritual connection, um, who desire to be more authentic in their strength and assertiveness, who desire to lead their life more powerfully. Um, to join this group again, it's it's self serving to some degree, and I also have some men who've been in this program for several years who um, who I want to I want to get as many um, powerful. Uh, men, uh, as many points of view as possible into this program. Um, I believe right now, I, I know for a fact right now that I'm capping it at eight people. So, but if you know somebody who's uh, interested, including yourself, um, share this with them and, and let's get in touch. Um, yeah. And that's, that's it. that, that, uh, for the group, I mean, they, they can be anywhere, right? If they're willing to come to Ohio for a weekend in May, they can join the next program from anywhere. Cool. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, and then pro probably just to clarify, uh, somebody in Arkansas might not be the best fit for the videographer spot. So maybe somebody in central Ohio. Uh, well, maybe there is a person in Arkansas who understands what I'm talking about and maybe. wants to come out and we'll, and we'll make it work somehow. I'll pay the ticket and we'll pay them for their there time. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, man. Uh, if you need to refresh as to what you wrote, I, I am happy to do so, but I am curious about this book. Uh, what book has just had a profound impact in your life lately? 
what did I say? Iron John by Robert Bly. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool one. It's a tough, it's a tough one to. It was tough for me to follow, and I'm still chewing through it. I've stopped. I've I stopped halfway through because I I need to start it over again. Um, that's a that's a cool book. Um, what is it? What's it about? It's uh, it uses this um, f- this folk tale. Um, um, what's it called? A myth, I guess, uh, or story um, of Iron John to um, encapsulate the journey of a boy into a man. Uh, and it's, it's t- like I said, it's tough, it's dense, but uh, it's given me a lot of insight um, I, until um, John Wineland's program, man, I, my, my understanding of the history of, of men and, and the journey from boy to man was very minimal. In fact, yeah. non-existent, and uh, you know there were cultures years ago that would take a boy and at a certain age, and and there would be an initiation into manhood, and it would come in various ways. Usually, it was a really challenging task, um, and uh, and so I hadn't been introduced to that world until EMLT, the Embodied Men's Leadership Training, and Iron John was one of the books on the reading list. That one's there. Um, and the body keeps the score is, yeah. is it's cer- certainly um, impacting me now. It's, it's like a textbook, uh, hard to chew through. You got to keep going back and revisit for me, at least uh, revisiting these pages over and over again. But uh, I'd say those two sit at the top of the list. You know, you're not the first one to mention the body keeps score. And I, I've had a number of psychologists and therapists on the show, and I'm fairly certain one of them mentioned it. So I, I have heard great things about that book, especially when it comes to how trauma is lived within, you know, our bodies and our muscles. So that's, that's, um, I have not read it, but I, I would certainly recommend it based on what you're saying about it and what somebody else has said about it too. Yeah. So far, so good. Good. Um, sidebar here. Did, have I, did I ever ask you to listen to my conversation with, Nath- with Nathaniel J. Brown? I believe so. I, I, are, I believe I listened to, um, I know I listened to over half of it one night. You, you yeah. two are so very similar, man. Um, if you're interested in talking with him or even inviting him to be a part of your program, let me know because he's, he's just a solid guy and talking Make about a connection, his story. Man. And I, I even just to talk to him, I absolutely will. Cool. Awesome. Uh, and then last but yeah, not least, actually, man. just a point to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Adam, the, I mentioned him earlier. He was in the group this past semester. He even led practices during the retreat. So, um, there's no, there's no, um, there's no modality that can't be accommodated for this program. And I would love for other men who want to step into their leadership or share what they, what they have to offer uh, to the group. So that's another reason to join. Yeah. Thank Absolutely, you. man. Yeah. Yeah. He would, you guys would kick it off or hit it off. Sure. Um, all right, man. Uh, if you can leave the audience with one call to action that you're living your life by right now, what would that be? Take care of your men. Yeah. Uh, understand that, Maybe maybe they don't know how to express themselves, and uh, and that there's there's depth in there that is untapped, um, and they need you in whatever way you can be there for them, as as a boy, um, as a spouse, as a friend. I love it, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, Thanks, man. How, uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you right now, um, to learn about the program or just find you on social? Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I, I, you and I need to talk more about that because it, it needs to be more streamlined for people. Um, but they can go to the website, ErnieWalsh.com, and they can put their email in there, but they're, they're not really getting in contact with me. They're just joining my mailing list. And um, it, yeah, through, through Facebook um, would probably be the most reasonable way, Ernie Welsh, W-E-L-S-H. Um, it's just my, my uh, personal account. Um, and, and they can, uh, they can email me too. Um, the best email to reach me at right now, uh, is just a personal email, Ernie, E-R-N-I-E period Welsh, W-E-L-S-H 1990 at Gmail. I forgot you were a nineties baby. Nineties baby, man. <clears throat> Perfect, man. I will of course have all of those links in the show notes, dude. I appreciate it. I love you, man. I can't thank I love you, you too, brother. Yeah. yeah, this has been great. I'm going to do something that I haven't done to you in a while, but it's going to make you mad. <laughs> I don't know, take, man. Take us out. Take us out. Uh, thank you for listening to the Mosaic Life Podcast. It's, it's a blessing. Once again, I want to thank Ernie for joining me on the podcast, but going beyond that, I want to thank him very selfishly for being the friend, the leader he is. So many things had to come together to make the podcast possible from the beginning. And when Ernie ventured off on his own pursuits, his support to push forward kept it going, which then pales in comparison to his friendship. If you're looking for leadership in your life, I couldn't hold Ernie in higher regard than I already do. Please reach out to him. If you're looking for show notes from this episode, you can find those at themosaiclifepodcast.com. And if you're using the Spotify app, I would be incredibly grateful if you would take just a very brief moment to leave a five-star rating. That would help me continue growing, and it would help the show reach new ears. And of course, thank you for taking time out of your day, for sharing some of your holiday with me, for listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. I hope as you reflect back on 2021, there are moments you can pick out in which you've found personal growth, perhaps through the podcast, perhaps through one of my guests, or perhaps just by taking a moment to demand better for yourself. And if you can pick out one of those moments, I would love to hear about it. Thank you all again. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.